creatures who value mechanics and efficiency alongside humanics and intimate connection. It was inevitable that we would find our way to the middle because thanks to our biology and our psychology, both parts matter to us. One without the other is unsustainable. One without the other is in fact inhuman. Welcome to Insert Human. I'm Chris Colbert. As the former managing director of the Harvard Innovation Lab, I realized many things. And one of the things I realized is that the pace of technology-driven change is faster, far faster, than most organizations and most people's ability to change. That gap equals risk, vulnerability, and eventually long-term viability. And it's a particularly troubling gap in the three sectors that underpin modern society, banking, education, and healthcare. It's the biggest existential threat they have, and by extension, we have. Closing the gap requires transformation. And transformation requires a much better understanding of ourselves, because at the end of the day, all transformation is human transformation. That's why I created Insert Human, a weekly conversation with brilliant people about better understanding us, and in doing so, shrinking the gap and increasing the chances of a better outcome for all. Before we dive into today's episode, an offer to all the listeners who are leading some sort of transformation effort. I've learned that the key to a successful transformation, organizations big or small, begins with adopting seven critical habits. And while most of the leaders I've met have nailed some, rarely have I seen any honed to an innate, really effective level. To find out how you're doing with the seven habits, you can get my guide the seven habits of highly transformative leaders at chriscolbert.com. Welcome to another episode of Insert Human. Thanks so much for joining me again. It's pretty clear to me that the world is in finally opening up. My evidence is in the last four weeks, I've been invited to give a keynote in four different places around the world. Panama City, Cairo, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and in Miami. In my Miami keynote, the conference theme and the title of my talk is The Future is Hybrid. So being me, I had to ask the question, well, why is the future hybrid? And what follows is my examination of that kind of fundamental question. So here goes. As we emerge from two years in a virtual cocoon, literally, the entire world seems to be touting the hybrid future, a way of working and living that perfectly blends the just right amounts of analog and digital, physical and virtual, of mechanistic and humanistic. And there's appearing with it a recognition that hybridization, if that's even a word, is the only way forward for critical industries, including financial services, education, and healthcare. And so my simple question is, how did we all arrive at such a shared agreement? And as importantly, why now? It's my unsubstantiated but plausible view that there are two different but overlapping paths that likely led us to this hybrid destination and realization. The first path, path A, is what I call a logical evolution. It suggests that we've been marching towards a hybrid world since this thing called digital first began. 
way back when, which is roughly the year 2000, the World Wide Web appeared in earnest in the world's operating system, like a satellite or a small moon all of a sudden circling the earth and the way we lived and worked and played and communicated. And during the first few years of our daily lives and jobs remained physically centric with a few lunar flares here and there of digital intrusion and often benefit. Over time, that digital moon got closer and closer to the earth, inserting greater and greater pull on our behaviors and our ways of being. And that moon cast a light that forced entire industries to begin to rethink and retool their value propositions and business models as new digital first competitors entered the picture. More and more companies and institutions began realizing that letting go of some, but certainly not all of their analog, physical, legacy ways was the only way forward, that the incorporation of digital capacities could improve both top and bottom line performance while delivering improved customer experience, greater delivery efficiencies, and brand distinction. Think mobile banking, think online courses in education, think electronic health records in healthcare. The process towards digital integration into a largely still physical construct was steady. And then the pandemic struck. The world retrenched. Every industry was suddenly tasked with operating in quarantine. And that meant figuring out how to sustain productivity, maintain value, and innovate without people being with people, without paper, without many of the analog and physical processes that still pretty much define the core of most businesses. And we did figure it out. We pretty quickly realized that the world would go on, that people could work from home, that we could serve our customers even if we never met our customers. And that's when the flip switched and the world began to fully embrace the viability of a hybrid future. Banks realized that Generation Z would likely never need a branch, but that boomers still would. Educators realized that online DIY courses could in fact teach but that socialization and in-person connection made the teaching that much more effective. Doctors finally accepted that telehealth made sense, even if it was not always a replacement for clinic visits. Companies realized that working from home works, but not as a unilateral modality, because culture and creation are fueled by collaboration, which is fueled by IRL, in real life, engagement. That's when more and more of us realized we needed and could leverage both that physical and virtual are fundamentally different, that each carries distinct value, but that they do better together than apart. The digital moon has worked its way into the molten center of the earth, but the physical earth that surrounds it is still what matters. And that's why we now believe the future is hybrid. That's path A. And now there's path B, which I've titled a human backlash. The second possible path, which does not necessarily contradict the first, is that the future is hybrid because it's just another case of humans doing what we always do. We often allow and even encourage the pendulum of our beliefs, our systems, and our ways to swing from one extreme to the other until over time we realize that the right answer is in the middle, otherwise known as equilibrium. In the beginning, there was only physical buildings currency, coins, paper, people, and pens. And then digital things began appearing. I will never forget my first ATM. 
As the digital proliferation expanded and accelerated, more and more customers and companies jumped on that bandwagon and began singing about an all-digital future. The melodies varied, but the lyrics were pretty much consistent. All businesses were going to be reduced to bits and bytes. Humans need not apply. In the case of banking, game over. The distribution of capital and cash could be more efficiently done by machine. And oh, the customers would be just fine with that. That binary prediction that the entire world and most industries would flip from one modality to another is a classic human tendency. We hate shades of gray. In all the messiness and discomfort of what is, we find safety in the world of black and white. That is why we pretty much make everything into a two-horse race. Rich versus poor, East versus West, isolationist versus globalist. The list of two-choice categories goes on and on. And the technology two-horse race became this. The techno-utopians who are trying to convince us that the future is not hybrid, the future is 100% digital, that with the advances in artificial intelligence and machine learning, and now the Web 3.0, there won't be much need for us human beings. On the other side of the argument, the humanists, those futurists, pundits, and business practitioners who are trying to call out the risk associated with a solely and soulless all-digital world. But then the pandemic, real life happened, and more and more of us began to realize that the answer was, in fact, in the middle. We saw that for all the efficiencies the digital world offers, the transactions it enables, regardless of industry, still often involve trust. Humans are human, seeking connection, comfort, and trust. We don't always want to talk to a bot. We sometimes want to talk to Bob or Bianca. And as easy as a Zoom call is, it's brutally hard to feel truly connected when you can't read body language and you spend half the time looking at your own image, wondering why the bags under your eyes are so bad. The pandemic showed us that working from home is not terrible. And at times it's even absurdly convenient. And it's particularly great for those individual contributors who perform quantitatively measured tasks with little need for collaboration or even motivation. But for most of us, our jobs are pretty qualitative. Our performance reviews are based as much on our, how our bosses and fellow employees feel about us as the KPIs we've hit or not hit. And the only way for them to feel us, for us to feel them, for them to know us, for us to know them, for them to trust us, for us to trust them, to believe in us, for us to believe in them, is to be together physically at least a few days a week. As consumers, we also realize that we are happy to shop from home for many things, but not all things, that certain categories of life and certain categories of work warrant physical exploration, touching, feeling, and sensing to determine what we actually want and what we really care about. Fundamentally, path B pointed to this. Humans are a composition of mind, body, and spirit. Creatures who value mechanics and efficiency alongside humanics and intimate connection. It was inevitable that we would find our way to the middle because thanks to our biology and our psychology, both parts matter to us. One without the other is unsustainable. One without the other is in fact inhuman. Path B is just finding our essential equilibrium, our uniquely human ground. So whether the driving force of hybridization is path A or path B or a combination of both, the future is hybrid because we are and likely always will be human. Thanks for listening today. 
Wherever you are as a leader on your transformation journey, you'll find more helpful resources at chriscolbert.com. From more podcast episodes and my film talks from around the globe to my blog and books. And if you're a CEO or leader interested in getting my advice, you can reach me there too. Just head over to chriscolbert.com. Thanks for listening.